everybody, and welcome to the Pac-Man podcast, Pac-Man short for Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint, your host on the BMG Network. And we begin the show on a bit of a sad note. Legendary broadcaster Rush Limbaugh has lost his battle with lung cancer. Rush passed away this morning, according to his wife. He was 70, and it's hard to overstate what Limbaugh meant to broadcasting. He was one of the most revered broadcasters in uh, over the last half a century. I can't say enough about him. As a talk show host, I think all of us, I can't speak for everybody, obviously, but I think I try to pattern myself after what Rush did. And it's hard to do that. There is nobody like Rush. There, there never will be anybody like Rush. You know, people say he was one of the most influential uh, broadcasters. He probably was the most influential broadcaster in my lifetime. Nobody did it better. He was the best at what he did. There are a lot of fine talk show hosts out there, Larry Elder and, and Mark Levin, and you know the rest of them, but and Michael Savage, but nobody really analyzed the day's events, what was going on in Washington, the way Rush did. His insights were spot on. He knew everything there was to know about politics, it seemed, and now he knows everything, period. And one day we will all know everything there is to know. And Rush is uh, sitting in glory, I'm sure, right now. He was a fantastic broadcaster. I had a, a, the good fortune of interviewing his, his brother a couple of times, uh, David Limbaugh, fine writer. He's a columnist for, I think, uh, Town Hall Magazine. And uh, he, you know, Rush Limbaugh single-handedly saved AM radio. I mean, AM radio in the 80s was just going out of business, and he saved it. And he launched a, a new industry, and it's it really hasn't looked back. And I think uh, the industry has a lot it owes Rush Limbaugh. Anyway, Rush Limbaugh passing on at the age of 70. Let's see. number of things here I want to get to that I didn't get to last time out. I know I read today some COVID numbers, and they're very promising. There are 50% fewer newer infection rates than there were just five or six weeks ago. And I'm looking at an old story here. This is back in November, November 12th of last, you know, last November, uh, you know, nine days after the election. And uh, the top infectious disease expert in this country, Dr. Uh, Anthony Fauci, said that COVID-19 would not be a pandemic for a lot longer. And he attributes that or attributed that to uh, rapid progress in vaccine development. We have Donald Trump to thank for that. So anyway, he said that the coronavirus could nonetheless remain endemic for a long time, but it's not going to be a pandemic for a lot longer because the vaccines are going to turn that around. And they have in large measure, people, you know, taking the uh, necessary precautions. But it, it, I guess, uh, and I, I'm no infectious disease expert, any number of reasons why the infection rate is going down. It could be a seasonal thing. It is obviously the vaccines are having an effect. People are being more cautious. So anyway, he said, I, I found that interesting. A pandemic is something that affects the entire global population. An endemic disease is one that spreads in some areas and not others. So it's still a pandemic. There are very uh, varying uh, offshoots of it, of the original COVID virus. It splits off. It, you know, it, it does what viruses do. They want to stay alive. And they normally don't want to kill their hosts, which in this case, it's killed about a half a million people. And I was reading this morning, they're looking maybe for another 100, between 100, 150,000 people to die of it 
between now and June. So let's hope that's that's not the case. Uh, I want to mention something, and I, I grappled over whether I should even talk about this. Maybe it's too esoteric of a topic for most people. But if you're if you follow politics at all, as I do, and I'm sure a lot of you do out there, you've heard of a group called the Lincoln Project. Now I get Yahoo News. That's that's my source of online news. One of the sources. And Yahoo is extremely left of center. They carry the Huffington Posts. Uh, they carry uh, Slate and what's some of the other ones? Uh, Vox.com and some are real left-wing pu- uh, publications. They do carry National Review and some other, other middle-of-the-road types. But, I mean, the, the New Yorker, all the left-wing publications, they, uh, they, they carry. So I'm looking at this, this piece from the Huffington Post and they're playing up how they always talked about how great the Lincoln Project is, because these guys are Republicans, supposedly big R Republicans. And they're, um, I think if not all of them, most of them, probably all of them are never Trumpers. Their leader is a guy by the name of John Weaver. He is a known pedophile. 21 young men and boys, one as young as 14, accuse Weaver of sexually harassing them. You can't make this stuff up. This Weaver, if you look at the guy, you can tell he's not right. He gave an interview recently to 60 Minutes with Leslie Stahl, and she was very kind to him, as, you know, naturally she would be. But this guy operated a children's boutique. You look at him, he's he's wall-eyed. He looks as though he's not right. Anyway, but who are these Trump-hating Republicans anyway? I mean, maybe you don't know these names, but I'll just run a couple of them by you. Steve Schmidt, prominent figure in establishment Republican circles. Uh, he was on MSNBC, The Morning Joe, all during the campaign. He was on you know two or three times a week. Rick Wilson, who is in Uncle Sam's crosshairs for unpaid taxes. And of course, Weaver. And by the way, Weaver managed John McCain's run for the presidency in 08. He also worked for, uh, or worked with, I guess, former Ohio Governor John Kasich. And he's a close, was a close associate of Bill Kristol, founder and the editor of the now defunct magazine, The Weekly Standard. Now, it's, it seems to me, I'll make it just a, a, a little aside here. All the people and organizations that went up against Trump, they came up second best. And I, I think of Bill Kristol, and I used to read The Weekly Standard. Now, a lot of people on the right call it The Weakling Standard. That's why it's out of, it's out of publication, because they went up against uh, Trump. And Kristol made it his, his life's mission, it seemed, to go after Trump and to take him down. Well, now... The Weekly Standard is no more. Now, Bill Kristol is still, you know, doing TV interviews and whatnot and writing columns. So these are the people for whom uh, Weaver worked and with whom he worked. Uh, Kasich, no surprise there. But he was protected, Weaver was, by the people around him. I mean, it was an open secret among Lincoln Project members that he was, uh, is a pedophile. And I would say worse. He was protected by the them and various media outlets like the Atlantic Magazine, another hard left-wing publication I failed to mention. The Atlantic, uh, oh, Schmidt, by the way, getting back to Schmidt, he resigned from the group on Friday from the Lincoln Project, claiming he was the victim. Wilson is facing liens of hundreds of thousands of dollars in unpaid federal taxes. He also has $25,000 in credit card debt. But the reason I mention this, may not, you might say, well, so what? A lot of people do. All of these men talk about Trump's lack of principles, especially Weaver. He was on this 60-minute interview. You can dial it up on YouTube. Uh, just, you know, put in 60 minutes in, in, uh, 
and Weaver. What's his name? John Weaver. Anyway, it's not. Yeah, John Weaver. But uh, they talk about former President Trump's lack of principles, lack of integrity, and their reverence for the Constitution. I mean, the irony obviously is rich. Character and, and integrity is in short supply in the Lincoln Project. And uh, by the way, this group was funded in large part by by the big tech oligarchs in Silicon Valley. So that tells you a little about a little bit about the Lincoln Project. But the media, and specifically Yahoo News, would always talk up the Lincoln Project. I'll tell you somebody else who's affiliated with them, or was uh, George Conway, Kellyanne Conway's husband. And every time you read a, a Yahoo piece or some, one of the uh, news outlets that Yahoo carries, it always refer to George Conway as a conservative attorney. They put that qualifier before attorney. He's a conservative attorney. He's no conservative. He may be Republican, but he's no conservative. And I don't know how, I don't know how Kellyanne Conway stays married to the guy, but that's none of my business. But he was affiliated with the Lincoln Project. And I think the Lincoln Project is, for all intents and purposes, is done. So you might ask, why didn't we hear about the, the seedy side of the Lincoln Project before the election? Well, I think the answer is obvious, because Donald Trump lost, allegedly. Mission accomplished. The Lincoln Project made it its life's mission, like uh, Bill Kristol, to defeat Donald Trump. But it is Trump who exposed them for what they are. And the company never took issue with any of Trump's policies. They just bombarded him. Him and anyone associated with him every day with the, with the ad hominem attacks and threats. So how fitting that the Lincoln Project should die on the birthday of the man after whom it was named. The Lincoln Project is no more. Hope, hopefully you, you've heard of the Lincoln Project. If you haven't, well, you have now. Yeah, by the way, these seven Republicans who voted for impeachment to impeach Donald Trump a second time, these uh, senators who broke ranks and voted with the Democrats, they are getting some heat, some major heat from people in their district. I mean, Liz Cheney has been censured out in Colorado. Uh, I see if I can remember all, all these people. Uh, Burr, Senator Burr from North Carolina. I can't think of his first name. Uh, the, the usual suspects, uh, Susan Collins of Maine, Pat Toomey of, of Pennsylvania. He's not running again. Uh, and this uh, uh, Lisa Murkowski. In Alaska, they've all been, they're in the process of being censured by their state uh, Republican parties. I think that should tell them, and that should tell any other would-be defectors. I mean, Mitt Romney has already defected that, look, I think the real energy in the party, in the Republican Party, is with the Donald Trump wing, as I've said. And it would do well, they would do well to to uh, take that into account. I know Mitch McConnell had some nasty things to say about President Trump, that there's no place in the Republican Party for, for Trump, and that may be. It may be that Donald Trump will have to start a new party. And I've talked about this as well. I don't want to repeat old, rehash over old stuff. But I mean, maybe they'll call it the Patriot Party. Maybe Trump will lead it. He'll certainly, I think, be a part of it. But McConnell says there's no place in the GOP for, for Donald Trump. But I think 74 and change, 74 million Americans would disagree because a lot of these folks still call themselves Republicans. I don't call myself a Republican. I long ago left the party for a number of reasons. It's not really a conservative party. So I became a conservative. And then Trump comes along. I don't know what I am not. You know, I'm still conservative, but I'm, a, I guess, a Donald Trump conservative. Alrighty, there is a ton of stuff here. I didn't even get into the, uh, the latest on 
Andrew Cuomo and his foibles and what he's facing. All these Democrats now, I guess, 15 Senate Democrats, New York Senate Democrats, calling for uh, Cuomo to step aside. They, they're saying he should be impeached, some of these people. These are some of the same politicians that gave Cuomo all this extra authority to deal with the pandemic, or the, excuse me, the, the pandemic. They granted him all this extra executive authority. Now they're saying he's got to step aside. You can bet that somebody, somebody among them maybe, has their eye on the governorship. Or maybe it's Tisha James. I don't know. We'll find out in the, the coming weeks for sure. And I, I don't think, uh, I think they underestimate Andrew Cuomo. He's very, very savvy. He's tough. He's got connections. Nobody likes him. We're hurt. We hear nobody likes him. From Certainly Republicans don't like him, majority of Republicans, and a lot of Democrats don't like him. But you know something, he like him or not, I mean, he is a strong governor. He's going to be very difficult to take down, and he's not going to abdicate freely. I think he's going to run another time for a fourth term next year. So maybe they'll have to take him out, and New Yorkers will have to take him out at the ballot box. But according to a poll that came out earlier this week, a lot of New Yorkers say they, they like his handling of the coronavirus. Even though anywhere from twelve to 15,000 people died in nursing homes as a result of his mandate that nursing homes admit COVID-positive people. I mean, it, 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 we live in a crazy state. It's the People's Republic of New York, and that's all the time I have for this program, unfortunately. But again, if you want to hear this show and all the fine shows we have, the, the podcasts go to the BMG Network. And if you're thinking of starting a podcast of your own, there's no better time than now. To do it, Buzzsprout is the best way to do it, the easiest way to launch a podcast. Buzzsprout will get your show t listed in every major podcast platform. You'll get a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and a whole bunch more. So why not join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world? All you have to do is follow the link in the show notes, this show, and get started today. Plus, if you sign up for a paid plan, they will give you a $20 Amazon gift card. Again, follow the link in this show's notes so that Buzzsprout knows that I, Pac-Man, Ted Flint, sent you. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to launch a podcast. That's going to do it to it. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.